Hello and welcome to episode 149 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? Doing good, Mark. I think it's the first time in, what, almost six weeks the Jays win a series. They get two out of three from Detroit, and now uh, all of a sudden they come home, uh, got a big homestand. They got Baltimore for a big series as well coming up this week. Things are uh, looking a little bit better for the Jays right now. Yeah, just about three weeks since the last series win against Boston, and of course we all remember the dramatic endings to those games, and then they go on the road trip to LA, to Seattle, and to Washington, and it all falls apart. Finally, Blue Jays seem to be getting a little bit of their mojo back, or getting at least a little bit lucky with a couple one-run wins, an extra inning win. Jacob, how are you? You know what? When you're getting starting pitching like we're getting, I honestly, I'm as happy as, as any Blue Jay fan, and one thing I'm noticing is the weather is for some reason starting to get a little bit cooler. It's been up and down, and the so is the Blue Jays' offense. It's kind of cooling down. Sometimes it you know, it gets the job done, but you know what? I think the highlight of this team right now is it's it's extremely deep starting rotation, and I think this is it was very pleasant to watch them in in Detroit this weekend. Yeah, you got three guys this weekend: and Stephen Matz, Alec Manoa, and Jose Brios. All three of them go out and have fantastic performances. I mean, Steven Matz, I don't think we've talked about him much, but he's turning into quite the arm for the Blue Jays in the rotation. I mean, everyone was talking about the stat with him as having a better ERA this season now than Hinjin Ryu. And I mean, if you told me entering this season that the guy that they got for what, Sean Reed Foley would turn into who he is now in the rotation and really buttoning things down since the All-Star break, one of the best ERAs in the American League since the All-Star break, I would be so surprised. And obviously, you got to be happy with how that trade ended up. But I want to talk about Jose Barrios because obviously entering this weekend, entering this week against the Tigers, there were concerns about his pitching abilities and maybe some changes that had happened over the season and since he had been traded from Minnesota to the Blue Jays because he had a couple rough starts. He gave up the four runs in that start against Chicago that all three of us were at. Um, and he also had a six-run outing on August 12th against the Angels. And it just seemed like he wasn't totally himself. But we saw him come out this series. He went seven innings, six hits, one run. It was unearned, so zero earned runs. No walks and 11 strikeouts. And I think the stat was he was the seventh pitcher in Blue Jay history to have an outing of seven innings plus, zero earned runs, zero walks, and 11 or more strikeouts. So um, that's kind of a niche stat. It's kind of a lot of qualifiers there, but still, it's great to see him come out and have the performance that he did after struggling a little bit earlier in his time with the Blue Jays. And, you know, if you're one of those people who are still holding on hope to a playoff race, um, personally, I'm not really one of those people. I don't think it's going to happen, but if you have that shred of hope, having Brios come out and put out a start like that is very important for the Blue Jays' playoff soaps as we go down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, say it, it, that it's against an easier opponent. A win's a win. It helps you in the standings. And hey, Jose Brios looked good. And I think he did. He was actually technically facing the minimum through four. I know he allowed a, a hit in the first inning and then there was a double play to erase it, but just facing the minimum that proved that he was efficient and he was getting the job done and as you said the stats no walks 11 strikeouts he just he looked dominant and his pitch count was up in the the 40s and the 50s within like the third and the fourth inning like he was averaging just over 10 pitches an inning and 
he was he was lights out he was getting the job done honestly this was probably his uh, outside from his first start against the royals this is probably his best start as a blue jay and it couldn't have come at a better time because he had gone three straight starts of just getting roughed up uh, to say the least he came he was dominated against the uh, the tigers and honestly this can't, couldn't have come at a better time because even me like i i'm happy the blue jays have him they have him for next season that's also a thing we need to consider but even i was starting to get a little worried when he gets roughed up by the angels and the white Sox are a good team no doubt about it but four runs in the first inning is a little brutal but the, look what he does one earned run, or one unearned run excuse me and he was dominant i think this was a start that every blue jay fan wanted and you got to remember, he's he's just over thirty. This this he's right now in his prime, and the Blue Jays have him. So this is probably the, the this is probably the cream of the crop when you're going to get him when he's performing at his absolute best. And honestly, I think any Blue Jay fan could take it. And maybe the 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 playoff odds are a little too low this season, and I still do think it is. Next season, though, if he's one of your four guys, five guys that can give you these types of outings. I think this is a very good sign that, you know, your starting rotation is going to be extremely deep. And even, you know, you look at the rest of the rotation, Alec Manoa, who's here till 2025, six and a third, uh, two earned runs, but they were, I think one of them was scored after he was out of the game. So it was still charged in, but fantastic outing. Steven Matz is, I believe, not confirmed to come back next season, but again, six, uh, six very strong innings, one earned run. And this starting rotation, you, know, you talk about the struggles they've had throughout the last, really the, all of August at this point, the, the month has flown by, but the starting rotation has not really been as bad as I, I think a lot of people think it is. And it's been really good, except for a few few rough starts. But if you're Jose Barrios, this was the start you needed. Even if it is against an easier opponent, it still improves your confidence in yourself. You can go back to... I'm going to assume he starts in that Detroit series or the uh, the Oakland series yeah, at Rogers Center. That's a good chance to revive yourself. You you come in after dominating the, the Tigers, and I think this couldn't have come at a better time for him. Yeah, and for Jose Barrios, we were talking about it um, beforehand with the game we were at. This is a couple of starts now where he's been shaky, and a lot of people were starting to wonder um, about this trade, and a lot of people were starting to panic about what the Jays gave up for him. And then, of course, you have him invested again for next year as well. So there was a lot of concerns of what was going on. But the one thing, there's a couple of takeaways I have. And the first one is the rain delay that, um, or I guess one of the, the dumbest rain delays, I think, in history that we saw yesterday. He was able to overcome that. And we all know what happened. The tarp came out for, what, about five minutes. And then all of a sudden, it stopped raining. So in hindsight, this is probably something that I guess the game could have went through. And, of course, you know that Pete Walker and uh, Charlie Montoyo were very upset with uh, what was going on. But, you know, Jose Barrios, went, I think, ran right back onto the field after the rain stopped to stay loose. And usually in a rain delay like that, you don't see the, the same pitcher come out and finish his outing or continue his outing from there. So that was something that he had to overcome as well. But it turned out to, to not make um, a difference whatsoever. So there's one. And number two is the mechanical adjustment that he made. I don't know if you guys noticed, but... Instead of bringing his arms all the way over his head while winding up, uh, he simply just raises them from his belt to his chest. So he doesn't do his full uh, wind-up like he did or previously. Um, I think we want to call this a Pete Walker special again because it's, clearly it is. Um, he complete, he makes an adjustment 
And then, of course, the rain delay, like I mentioned, he comes out and still does what he does with seven plus innings, 10 strikeouts, 10 plus strikeouts, and no walks and no earned runs. Like, that is a stellar performance. That is the Jose Brios that you traded for. And that is just somebody who's adding to the starting rotation because the starting rotation, as we've mentioned too, going back since the trade deadline, has quickly become a strength on this team. And really, this weekend, it carried the Jays in terms of him. Alec Manoa, and of course, Steven Matz, who are the reasons why the Jays um, won two out of three from the Tigers and could have easily swept, but we're going to, I guess we'll talk about that in a bit uh, from that Friday game. But yeah, the starting pitching was the reason for this win or for this series win this weekend because of the offense. We know what's been going on with the offense. I think uh, the runners in scoring position continue to be an issue. And that's why you kind of um, take, you come out of this, you know, a little bit lucky and I think you're going to take it, but, you know, still going long term or going into September, uh, things still need to change for the, the offense. So that's why you can't always, it's kind of unfair to always depend on the starting rotation to do what they did this weekend, but that was, that was the case. And uh, for that reason alone, the Jays got lucky and for runners in scoring position um, on the Sunday game. 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. Didn't get much better on the Saturday or the Friday. Just games where they continue to struggle offensively. But, you know, even the bullpen this series, I thought, did a good job with Jordan Romano coming out. You know, a lot of people finally praising Charlie Montoyo. Not really, but a little bit for bringing out in the Saturday game for Jordan Romano to come out for two innings. And it's kind of funny how you don't see people praising him on Twitter or as many people as you would if he, you know, if the game was blown. So, and that game as well, two for nine with runners in scoring position. And then, um, yeah, it just overall, the offense is still an issue, but the starts that you had this weekend uh, were made it doable. And, you know, going long-term, you need both things to go at the same time. And, you know, George Springer might be back this homestand, but the Jays are going to be back for a good homestand. You have Baltimore coming up for a big series as well. Maybe that's a series that you can figure things out with as well before you uh, take on the athletics next weekend. There's a lot th- a lot of things going on. And um, now the Jays also currently said, what was it, five and a half games back of a playoff spot. So, you know, for anyone who's still holding out hope, I don't know who really is. Maybe some people are, but um, it's just... You know, you have that, you have the Red Sox, uh, or sorry, you have one of the, it was the Red Sox or Yankees who were playing Tampa. So there's, there's a good stretch coming here where the Jays have an opportunity to make up more ground. And we're, we're going to see if they end up doing that. But, um, you know, this is a, an opportunity here for them to finally go on a run uh, that we've been talking about for pretty much all season, a huge run. And uh, I don't know how many more opportunities they're going to get, but this might be one of their last ones, even if there's not a lot of hope left. But for Jose Barrios, what an outstanding start um, on the Sunday. And overall, this weekend for Steven Matz, quickly becoming a solid five starter in this rotation. I mean, if he continues to pitch like this, if there's room for him next year in the rotation to come back as a fifth starter, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I definitely wouldn't be opposed to him coming back next year as a fifth starter again. But we'll see what happens from there. And um, you hope that going into September as well, all these guys continue to be dominant and Jose Brios especially because knowing with the price that you gave up for him and the commitment that you gave to him next year, um, you know, you need him to be on and you need him to be on for this team to succeed as well as someone like Alec Manoa, Steven Matz, and of course, Hunjin Ryu, the rest of the guys in the rotation. Yeah, I think there, you'd be insane to not try to get Steven Matz back. And we obviously talked about Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon and all those guys, but Steven Matz is a guy who's been sneakily solid for the Blue Jays over the course of the season and you know maybe you can get him for a little bit less maybe he signs back for a type of deal that Robbie Ray took last offseason kind of like a 
one year, $10 million deal. Maybe he takes a little bit more just because of how well he's pitched over the last few months, but still it's a good bargain deal for the Blue Jays for a guy that probably enjoys being here. I know we say this all the time about pitchers and they're not that likely to take a, you know, so-called hometown discount, but guys like um, Robbie Ray, guys like Steven Matz, who have really figured it out in Toronto. Um, I'm not sure how comfortable they'll be leaving that magic potion that is Pete Walker and testing their hand in another market. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, the offense is still obviously a huge problem for the Blue Jays. And as encouraging as this series may have been and seeing them finally get a series win for the first time in a little bit, the underlying concerns with the offense are still the same that we talked about uh, last podcast because you have the Blue Jays going over seven with runners in scoring position yesterday um, in that game, and they left nine on base, and they're three for 24, 26 left on base for the entire series. For So, you know, not quite as bad as the one for 31 that we saw a couple series ago, but still just very, very bad numbers from the Blue Jays. And if you're hoping for them to make a run, which we'll talk more fully about later, um, they can't be doing this consistently. They can't be going three for 24 and leaving 26 guys on base over the course of a series, especially when it's a series that comes against a team like the Detroit Tigers. Like, the Tigers aren't a bad team. We've talked about this before. They have a very good record since the start of May, but you can't be going, um, you know, three for 24 in a series against them if you hope to take series that you play against the Rays, against the Yankees, against Oakland. So those are the numbers that are concerning me and how, you know, it kind of puts a damper on this weekend. And another stat that comes up is that if you take out the seven-run outburst that the Blue Jays scored against the White Sox on Thursday, um, the Blue Jays have scored just 20 runs in their last nine games, and they're hitting 107 with runners in scoring position. Over that span, they're lucky enough to be 5-4, and four, but still, 20 runs over a nine-game span for a team like the Blue Jays that's supposed to be one of the best offenses in baseball. That's got to cause you some concern. And I don't know what it's going to take to get out of this funk. We see that Dante Bichette is now back with the team. So maybe that does some magic for the Blue Jays. He joined them in Detroit, and he's going to be traveling with them over the course of the season and heading back home with them in Toronto as well. So Maybe you hope for that to have some impact on this offense, and we saw what it did last season, and maybe Magic can strike again there, but something's got to change, because as it stands now, as optimistic as you can be about the Blue Jays, and like I said, I'm sure there's some people out there who are clinging on to hope for this season, not us three, but you know, but it's mathematically possible, and you can envision a scenario where it happens. There's no scenario where the Blue Jays keep up the offense as they have right now, and still make the postseason. You got to have the offense clicking if you want to beat the big, the big guys in the AL East and the American League. Whether it's Oakland, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Red Sox, whether it's the Rays. So that's where I stand on this season, where this offense is. But how do you guys look at the offense, especially coming off a series like this? I'll be honest. Even though they did win the series, it was awful to watch. And you see, they had a bases loaded opportunity in the Sunday game, zero runs out of that, and. The two games they won, three to two and two to one. They lost two to one in the first game. Literally one home run or one run from the Tigers in any of those games means you're done. Like it was tied in the second game. In it was tied in the ninth. They won. The Blue Jays won in extra innings and one. I think actually the Tigers had the a man on second or something at that at that point, and they they were able to get out of a jam. But 
point is, is this offense, you cannot rely on, on elite level pitching, starting pitching and relief pitching if you want to win games, especially when you you plan on partially relying on your offense. So th- something has to change. We're recording this very early on Monday morning, so maybe as the day goes on, we'll get news about George Springer. That's obviously a huge addition to the lineup. He'll be leading off. Maybe that puts Bichette a little bit down in the order, or it will for sure, but maybe that's the spark it needs. I mean, you, you look at it. What It's been pretty cold kind of all month, but primarily since he went on the IL. I'm not saying that he's a magic fix. I'm just saying he's, he's a, another option, and he's a silver slugger. He's an elite hitter. Maybe that's all they need. I mean, you know, when the when the guy at the top of your order can hit home runs, can get on base, can do everything, easily could improve the mojo of the team. But as of right now, it's pretty bad. And you know, I mean, it's these these close games are entertaining. I mean, I'm I'm not saying they're not entertaining. I'm just saying there's only so much entertainment that you can get out of a two to one game, especially considering that you know how shaky this bullpen can be. And it, frankly, it, it it needs to be better. So hopefully we see George Springer comes back. And I mean, I say that as if like that's going to completely turn this thing around, give it a 180. But even without him, I still think the offense could turn things around. Yes, you're coming home. You got Baltimore. I think their starting pitcher, whose name is escaping me, has a, a 780 ERA or something. Or one of the guys, like the ERAs of the starting pitchers are pretty high. Maybe that's a sign of things to come for the Blue Jays, but all I can hope for is that they are able, I, I, like I, th- I think we're just asking for the bare minimum to score like two or three runs a game at this point. So hopefully coming home, they have a shot. It's very small. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, but at least, you know what, if there, if there's a mathematical chance, then I'm not counting them out a hundred percent. So if you're the Blue Jays, you come home, Maybe you get your all-star center fielder back. Hopefully that's able to turn this offense around. Because the top of the order, as I said in the last episode, it was awful this series. You know, Simeon, or not necessarily Simeon, Teoscar Hernandez 0 for 12 in this series. And I think he was 0 for 12 or something for 12. I think he might have only had two hits and 14 at-bats in the White Sox series. That's pretty bad. I mean, especially considering he was hitting, he, his average was better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It was like 312 and Guerrero was 311. It's now under three. And I mean, a 296 hitter is fantastic, but a 296 hitter who was hitting 300 and now hitting like 0.50 is, is definitely a cause for concern. Guerrero, as I mentioned him, he's actually looked a lot better. He was two for four in the first game, one for five in the second game, and then two for four in the th- in the third game so he's quietly creeping back up his average is is definitely looking a lot better but a lot of the offense has definitely it's had its moments Bichette was three for four in the in the third game Simeon's up and down he was he was one for four one for five and so he was three for 12 or three for whatever it was or three for 13 in the series so it, it's not great so guys like that are gonna have to turn things around I'm just, at this point, I think the best thing that we can say is hopefully Springer is able to turn things around for them because at this point, we can't keep saying, you know, they're going to go on the road or they're going to have a, they're going to come home, have an easier opponent because I think we've been saying that pretty much for the last three weeks. So all I can hope for, something miraculous changes and maybe that miraculous thing is they get their center fielder back or their DH back because we've heard that Springer is going to primarily sit on the bench and hit pretty much when he comes back. 
maybe that's all it takes to change. I'm hoping that's what it takes. Maybe it's... See, at this point, we're almost lost for words, but... Yeah, the the offense is going to need to change. It's going to need to get a lot better. You can't rely on winning these one-run games. Or a one-run game is, you know, a different thing. Like, if you're winning 6-5, to five, that's different. But if you're winning 2-1, to one, you're just barely getting by. And that's not realistic to expect out of any, any team, really. And especially in the playoffs, when you're facing good starting pitching, you're against good offenses, you're going to need to score 3-4 to four runs at minimum. So if, if you're Charlie Montoyo's offense... You better start making him look a lot better because this it's it's definitely a, a concern when you're barely scoring any runs against teams that are or statistically not. I mean, the, the Tigers aren't terrible, but they're not that great. So you, you got to score runs and your big guys have got to be the big guys. Hernandez has got to start hitting Guerrero. I'm I'll give him a pass for this series because he was good. But Simeon Bichette. Uh, Dickerson is the same thing you know he he was pretty good one for four three for uh he eventually or he got one of the games off but then you know he was still hitting in this series but other guys you know they're, they're gonna have to turn things around if if the offense is gonna want to look anything like what it looked like a couple of weeks ago and primarily in that first homestand of August because that was I think that was probably the the all-time high for this Blue Jays team and then it somehow went to an all-time low but I'm just saying, you know, things can turn around, but it's gonna have to start from your your guys that are that are really your all stars. Yeah, see, I think it's it's gotten this bad where it's gonna this is gonna take like a it's gonna be a process. I think where there's building blocks, and I don't know how long it takes, but I don't expect this to kind of boil over and last. You know, all of a sudden end within one game like this. It's gotten pretty bad, and and each time you look at it with the numbers, like it's kind of hard to understand how bad it's gotten or why it's gotten this bad um I just it doesn't make any sense to me it really doesn't I, I don't know what it is we, we know that they can get on base like when the bases are empty like they can get base hits but when there's runners on it's just a completely different story I mean you look at an example from yesterday the bases were loaded with nobody out how do you come away with zero runs like I, I'm sorry like it doesn't make any sense like you can even ground into a double play and you can get a run in like it, it they just had no um, like excuse, and for some reason nobody came home. Like I just, when when you're slumping that bad, and when you're you know things are happening that badly, like it's hard to understand how it's like how it's gotten to this point. So this is something that you know maybe George Springer leading off is going to help him. But the one thing I worry about is because with Springer being out the last couple of weeks or the last week or two, um, like I'm not expecting, I don't think anybody really is for him to pick up where he left off. We know that he's going to have to get his timing back and kind of get settled in most, like most likely or, you know, most cases that's the way it happens. But you know, the problem is, is that no one's hitting right now and he's kind of thrown right back into the fire. It's not like he's got help right now in terms of other people, you know, hitting like you really don't at the top of the order. We know the top of the order has been a problem, Really, besides a few people, the entire lineup's been an issue. The bottom of the order's been a problem. And if you want to kind of highlight anything, it's really the middle of the order where everything's coming from right now. We've mentioned Corey Dickerson um, last podcast, and now we're doing it again this one. He's got an OPS over 1,000 over the last week. I mean, he's been leading the way. He's got an on-base percentage of 400. And the one guy we haven't mentioned yet, Mark, I know... Um, you kind of did a couple weeks ago. We just didn't really get a chance to because of the collapses. He was kind of in the shadows of it. But Kevin Smith, I mean, he's had a good week as well. I mean, he an on-base percentage over 417 and slugging percentage of 556. 
972 OPS over his last six games, or sorry, five games, and look what he did yesterday. It's his first career home run, something that you um, was long overdue after he kind of he got it first one robbed, I think it was on the Friday, and after looking at the stats, I believe it would have been a home run in 24 or 25 other MLB ballparks, so he's had some bad luck with that. He finally gets over the hump. He finally gets his first home run. And really, he's quietly been doing good as well over these past five games. It's something you love to see. Alejandro Kirk moves up to the cleanup spot for the first time this season over the course of the weekend. He hits a home run as well, a 935 OPS over the, la- over the last six games. He's another one who's been raking. And of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who seems to be on the other side of this slump, which is great news because that's something that, I mean, if you want to look at the offense right now struggling the way they have, one thing that's relieving is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is kind of Showing signs of life here. I know an 8-12 OPS over the last seven games. Slowly creeping back up. The slugging percentage is still a little bit down, but he's getting on base. He's finding ways to get on base. And Bo Bichette had a good series as well. He's been getting base hits. He got doubles. He got home runs. Um, That's also a good sign for the top of the order. So there are concerns everywhere um, with the order because we know the bottom of the, uh, the order also has been struggling. It's just I, I can't believe it's gotten to this point. And maybe George Springer's name in the lineup card, he can go 0 for 4, but maybe his name in the lineup card is going to help them. Maybe there's a, a 180 here, like uh, Jacob, you're talking about kind of possibilities, but I don't know how long it's going to take for him to get going. I really don't. I don't think really any of us do. So, But we're not expecting him to go off. I mean, his first game back would be great. I'm not saying it's impossible, but our expectations, it's going to take him a few games at least, especially coming back as a full-time DH, but we'll see what happens with that. There are signs of life for some people, but overall, we know it again. Like runners, like when there's people on base, it's just they find ways not to score runs. Like I'm going to mention again, a base is loaded with nobody out. That is unacceptable. Like it, it really is. So you have that as a problem. The starting pitching who came into the season as a weakness is now your start, your strength. Your bullpen this weekend it did not blow it. You went into an extra innings game. You did not blow it. You found a way to win in extra innings. When have we had the chance to say that this year? A lot. I think they've won, what is it, three or four games now in extra innings? I think it's three. Three. And yeah, yeah it's three. So they played well. Uh, they You mentioned, or one, one of you guys mentioned when the Tigers had the runner on second base in the 10th inning, the Jays found a way to throw them out at third. That's good baseball. That's, you know, something that we see happen to the Jays a lot. So, again... Not used to seeing this happen for us on our side, but hey, we're going to take it. And for those of you who are still holding out hope, what I mentioned earlier, I just didn't know the schedule off by heart. Now I know it, uh, so I, I have a better idea of what's going on now. So you have Robbie Ray, Hunjin Ryu, Steven Matz for this series against the Orioles. Oakland is off tonight. The Mariners are going up against Houston, and the Red Sox have a four-game series against the Rays. I think, you know, you, you see what I'm saying here. You got to sweep Baltimore. I, I know you you can't expect Houston to completely destroy Seattle. That's just not the the reality of it. You can't expect the Rays to beat the Red Sox every game. You got to do your part. But based on this schedule here, this is a good this, this is a good spot right now. If you take three out of three from the the uh, the Orioles, you might be looking at a good situation come Friday. You might be. I'm not saying it's happening for sure, but based on the schedule, you have like you have the advantage. So offense. Like maybe maybe they need the Orioles. I don't know. Maybe they need to see the Orioles pitching for three games to figure things out because we know that the Tigers are bad this year, or record wise. But really, they're a lot better than their record, and a lot of people are saying that. Like you know, a lot of people are calling them better than the New York Mets. But we'll see. I mean, their records are similar, but 
they really are on the um, the uprise or kind of turning that point in their franchise because they've had some really dark years ever since their playoff runs back in the early 2010s. So, um, you know, that's why I don't really take it with the, expecting the, you know, the Jays to dominate the Tigers because realistically they are a lot better than the record and so are the Jays. But, I mean, it's just frustrating um, because no matter who it's been this season or this past two weeks, it's just been the same story. And that's why... You know, I you know you can call a tight game um, interesting. Going back to what you said, Jacob, but I really hate it. I'm sorry, I do because it's the same. It's the same story every game. It's tied going into the seventh, going into the eighth, going into the ninth, and then somebody breaks through with one hit, and you got a one or two run lead, or you're trailing one or two runs. It's pretty stressful when you're seeing the exact same thing happen. And majority of the time, it's been the Jays on the losing end. But this weekend, they found a way to be on the or on the winning end. So that's why you'll take it. And you need this. You, you need things to change in terms of how they're going to win games. I think. I mean, I think we're all expecting the offense to eventually wake up. But we just. I mean, at this point, I don't know when. And I feel like it's gotten this bad where slowly it's going to get better. So hopefully, this is a series where it starts. Yeah, it feels like we've been living in the twilight zone. For the past three days <laughs> like the blue jays winning one run games two of these games were one run games that they won which just never happens and then winning only the third extra inning game this season after being in what a 12 extra inning games total i think so yeah just felt like the twilight zone the amount of games that went the blue jays way that normally don't and of course the normal strength of the blue jays is not the strength of the Blue Jays right now and the normal weakness of the Blue Jays is not the weakness. So it was just a twilight zone all weekend. But yeah, Bryson, you laid it out. The situation for the Blue Jays to make a run here for those who are holding on hope is you take two of three, if not three of three from the Orioles. The Rays roll over the Red Sox. Oakland has that off day, but they struggle. And Houston does well against Seattle. Like it's not outlandish if you were playing the odds on all of these series you would bet on all these things happening the Rays are a better team than the Red Sox the Astros are a better team than the Mariners the Blue Jays are a better team than the Orioles you would bet on these things happening if you were betting on these games um it's just a question of whether the Blue Jays do that um so the execution here is key but that's the the situation for the Blue Jays to get back in this race if they sweep the Orioles Maybe they pick up two games in the race, right? If you hope for the best case scenario from those other series. Maybe then at the end of this Baltimore series, you're three and a half games back. And that's a lot more doable than five and a half back. So, you know, you can see where I'm going with this, but uh, it's possible. And I think that's the shred of hope that people are holding on to. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you look at how this team has performed over the last week, two weeks, three weeks, like... I, I don't see any reason to believe why this offense is going to all of a sudden turn it around. You know, he can be encouraged about the individual performances about Bichette finally heating up, Flatty getting out of his slump a little bit. Um, Lourdes Goriel Jr. in the bottom part of the lineup has been putting up good numbers. Corey Dickerson as well. All those guys we mentioned. You can be encouraged about those guys, but at the same time, they just aren't able to come through in the big moments. So I don't think they're going to turn it around all of a sudden, and I don't really have faith in them doing what they need to do against an easy opponent but like Baltimore and we've seen what happens whenever the Blue Jays win it seems like other teams win and whenever they lose it seems like other teams lose so I don't know why that luck would change in this series so I'm still not confident it's going to happen again there's a shred of hope but I don't think it will happen where do you guys stand on the 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 likelihood of 
the Blue Jays perhaps running the table in this upcoming series and getting some good luck in terms of the Red Sox and Athletics and Mariners losing. See, if there's one thing that being a Toronto sports fan has taught me, it is never make many bets but because the things go all all over the place but if you're the Blue Jays the one thing that you can worry about is if you win against the Orioles or, or beating the Orioles and I think it's realistic I mean I will say I'm a bit nervous to see Hyunjin Ryu start I, I haven't said that probably ever since he's come to the Blue Jays his ERA is creeping up close to four now I'm a little nervous about that but considering that Steven Matz and Robbie Ray are starting I think that's uh, that's you have a legitimate shot to win those games, and we we've obviously we saw his fourteen strikeout performance. Robbie Ray was fantastic. Steven Matz has been really good since the All Star breaks, and I mean with Robbie Ray, like yeah, that performance, that's not a one off. That's one of what is it thirty or twenty five fantastic starts this season. So I think they have a shot at winning. Uh, I'll be completely honest. That's the only thing that they can focus on. The one thing they need is a a, a lot better offense. Maybe that offense comes from Springer. Not going to say that that's a saving grace, but I think it's a legitimate chance that he comes back and he helps them. Even if he doesn't, I still th think that the offense could turn things around. But the problem is, is you're also hoping that other teams lose. Now, I will say it's probably re reasonable to expect a game or two out of uh, that the Red Sox will lose. The rest of the teams, honestly, I think it's a gamble. If you're the Blue Jays and you're Blue Jays fans... All you can really do is focus on winning. And if they win, great. Maybe they pick up a game. If they lose, maybe they lose a game. That That's, I think, the only thing that we can focus on. So I know scoreboard watching is fun, but I think the only thing that the Blue Jays can do is focus on their own scoreboard because at this point, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You have to, well, I mean, it does, obviously, but you also need other teams to win and lose, So or to, to primarily to lose. So it's... It's definitely tough. I mean, you're. it's not the odds of one team winning. It's the odds of one team winning multiplied by the odds of teams losing or like three or four teams losing. So it's going to be tough. A lot of things, and I mean a lot of things have to go right, but all you can really focus on if you're Charlie Montoyo, you're, that, the, the, you're the Blue Jays, get some games against the Orioles. You got to take two of three. That's I, I think that's a guarantee. A sweep is probably the best chance that they have or the would be the absolute best case scenario. Other than that, I think it's all they can really do is focus on them because then they have Oakland. That'll be a, a very good series. Not as confident in that one. I mean, two of three would be great, but you're probably expecting maybe one of three, depending on how the games go. So going into that, you got to beat this team. You, like, we've been saying this all month. You've got to beat the bad teams. They obviously didn't do that after they left Toronto at the beginning of August. Now that it's a different scenario now, but they still have that opportunity. Take games from these teams that you should take games from, and then we'll see where things go from there. Yeah, see, I think the <clears throat> the one thing that we've all kind of, or I think the the one understanding that we all have, and I still have this understanding or this belief, is that the Yankees are gone. I think they have that first spot locked up, unless anything barring changes. I mean, they only really have a two-game lead on the Red Sox right now. But, um, yeah, like if you sweep the Orioles this week, it only makes the series this weekend against the Athletics um, even more important. And when you say, like, sweep the Orioles, like, we're not saying sweep 
the like this is something that you should be doing like you you looked at the the losing streak that they put up the uh the Orioles over the course of August uh they found pretty much ways to lose every game like this is handed to you for a sweep at home but just knowing this team like you hope that they don't disappoint this time because the Orioles are that bad but then it just like or like I just mentioned if you if you beat the Orioles or sweep them this weekend against the Athletics just makes it more important. And if everything goes well this week, we could be at a completely different spot um, next week when we're talking. So, Or, you know, the Jays could not make up any ground, but that, going back to what Mark was saying, you don't know if it's going to happen or you're not confident that it will. That's perfectly fair, and I'm not expecting so much either. But, I mean, if you want to do it, that's how you do it. You take out the Orioles for three, and you take two out of three from the Athletics because that's what you have to do. You can't lose the series to the Athletics either looking ahead, but... Um, I don't know how much until the Red Sox really fall off. I know they've been kind of holding their ground a bit over the last couple of weeks. I know the the Jays did get a, a game on them after Cleveland beat them yesterday, so there's there's something for that. But um, and of course you still have the Mariners who are ahead, but they have a, a series against the Astros coming up, um, which was mentioned before. So you hope that the Astros can take them out as well. Maybe the Jays. This is the opportunity for the Jays to kind of re you know pass them once again and just chase the Athletics and Red Sox, but nothing's really guaranteed. So that's really what you need to do um, for that. You need pretty much a week where you only lose one game. You need to take three from the Orioles. You need to take two from the Athletics at least. Um, and then, of course, you hope other teams, you know, the teams that you need to lose, you hope that they lose. But, you know, you can't always depend on that to happen. We've talked about that before. So that's why you need to focus on um, yourself, which is the Jays. You take out the Orioles. And really, there's no excuse for this not to happen, but... I mean, we, we know how this team's disappointed us before, and that's why I used to say they won't do it again. As much as I don't want to be negative, it's just been kind of reality this year with this team, and no matter if it's the bullpen, if it's the offense who's been struggling recently. Um, so the, yeah, that's pretty much where you look at it from now. You you have reinforcements. You have George Springer. I know you have reinforcements potentially in the bullpen. Julian Merriweather's throwing out in AAA Buffalo right now. You have Nate Pearson who's still there. You have other people who are on, are on their way back. So, I mean... Maybe that's going to help the bullpen too, give Charlie Montoya more options, um, and we'll see what happens from there. But I don't know how much I'm expecting because this is the problem too. The team, this team sucks me in. Like they make me believe, and then they just only for me to get even more disappointed. That's why I don't. I'm I'm worried because I know knowing me, um, <laughs> knowing me, what happens this week if they sweep the Orioles, and then we're talking Thursday, like. I'm worried that I'm going to be like so positive and so confident that they have it only to be disappointed by the athletics next or this coming weekend. So that's why I got to hold my, I got to, you know, stand put um, and pretty much not believe it until I see it. I just, that's the problem with this team. That's why it always gets me and it's always fools me. So that's why I'm hoping I don't feel this way <laughs> coming Thursday or Friday, even if they sweep the Orioles, but I am expecting for a sweep. I mean, the offense has to figure something out against the Orioles. They have to. That's why I like. I that's why. And if they don't, I'm completely out of answers. But it's got to happen this series here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Every time after they lose a game, I'm like, the season is over. But then, after 24 hours pass and the Blue Jays are back playing again, somehow for some reason, I'm watching again, and they just suck you back in. They always find a way to suck you back in, but. Hopefully the Blue Jays can do the thing this weekend and this week against the Orioles and they can put up the numbers that they need to to get back into the race. Um, the last thing to mention um, is just Friday's game. That was just brutal. Um, you know, give, giving up the lead and the one-run lead and losing a one-run game on a inside-the-park homer. And 
I hate to use this word, but it was a rookie mistake by Josh Palacio. Shouldn't have dove for that ball. We all know the dimensions of Comerica Park and how, you know, if a ball gets past you, you're pretty much screwed. And that's pretty much what happened with Josh Palacios. And we can also harp on Corey Dickerson for not making a good uh, throw to the cutoff man in that situation. Basically allowed, um, I forget the name of the guy who scored it, the number nine hitter, allowed him to come all the way around and, and score on that ga- on that hit. So um, that's obviously disappointing. I don't want to harp on it too much. He's He shouldn't be playing in a playoff race. Like, this is a guy that I, I don't think he's got it enough. He's not all the way developed and in a situation to be playing in a playoff race. And I think this is one of the weaknesses of the Blue Jays right now. They don't have that depth. They're not a team like the Dodgers who have that depth, the Yankees who are getting lucky enough with guys being healthy. They're a team that is having to rely on as much as we love them. People like Kevin Smith and Josh Palacios and Bravik Valera in do or die situations and August, almost September. So, um, I don't blame him for that. Like, yes, it's a mistake he made, but ideally he's not in that situation in the first place. But anyways, we'll leave it at that. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this episode. As always, you can find our stuff on social media at section 138 pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section 138 pod. And if you watch these episodes on YouTube, you can listen to them anywhere you find podcasts. If you listen to our podcasts, you can watch them on YouTube. And lastly, you can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing and helps new people find our podcast and enjoy our depressing thoughts about the Blue Jays most of the time and sometimes optimistic. But we'll leave it there. Thank you to everyone who listened. Big series against the Orioles. How many times have we said that? a big series against Baltimore um, coming up here, and then we'll catch you at the end of this series.